Hook 'em up with he and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. Yes, sir, and yes, ma'am. You had better wake them up, get them up, get them going. It is Turkey Day Eve, Wednesday. That is our final show of the week. Five-hour conversation begins right now. Then we'll enjoy the uh, holiday weekend uh, outside of our pregame show for Texas Tech Tech Friday night, our last show, morning show this week. We'll take Thursday and Friday off and look forward to our conversation this morning. This is the 22nd of November, 40 degrees in Austin, Texas. Should be a beauty of a weekend, and we're looking forward to it with you up with Ian Rodby, and we appreciate you being there. Ever you find us uh, early this morning, early where it always gets the worm on 1019, maybe AM 1260, streaming always on our Horn app, on your smart speaker, and sometimes on Twitter. I believe we'll be streaming on Twitter this morning. Hopefully back uh, come Monday, we come back for another Hook'em Up edition. On the other side of Thanksgiving, we'll be back with our cameras, maybe, maybe, you know, so you can watch it on Twitch and watch it on YouTube and watch it on Twitter as well. Or X as we get this thing cranked up. It's going to be a fun day. We've got a lot to do. We'll preview the Turkey Day triple header in the NFL tomorrow, which will launch week number four. Uh, NFL plenty. We did not get the uh, flex game Texans op- op- opportunity we were looking for. There was some movement. We'll tell you about that. Also, college basketball last night at the Maui Invitational, a good one. A little dust up for Shaka Spartan, Kansas, or against Kansas. We've got plenty of college football news. The college football playoff rankings are out for a fourth week. No movement for the Longhorns, but movement atop the uh, college football playoff in the top four there. So uh, plenty to do as we crank this thing up and uh, look forward to you being with us all morning long. Look who it is across the uh, South Austin studios here in the Onion Creek. He is our shutdown corner from the 713 DB High down there. Also uh, from DBU right here in the 512, a lifetime Longhorn. Four stops in the National Football League. Now 16 years doing great radio and media here in Central Texas and beyond. He is our man, Blackstradamus. He is the football theorist. He is... The proud papa, Rod Babers. What's up, Rod? I'm doing great, brother. I appreciate the intro and the hospitality as always. And, uh, yeah, man, last show of the week because it is a holiday week. So a holiday edition of Hook 'em Up with Ian Rod B. So uh, wishing everybody out there happy Thanksgiving. Uh, but we'll talk to you guys on Thanksgiving because we'll be doing a pregame show. Or after Thanksgiving. Friday. We'll the Black Friday, show. yep. Uh, so we'll talk to you guys after that. But uh, that won't be Hook 'em Up with Ian Rod B. That'll be the pregame. Uh, but still, just want to wish everybody out there a happy Thanksgiving because I won't talk to you before that. But either way, still also, since we're talking about what we're thankful for uh, on Thanksgiving, we are thankful for those who serve indeed. Uh, it is a honor but also a burden. So we appreciate all those who serve in any capacity, God, country, and community. So uh, whoever out there has chosen to serve we want to give you a shout out this morning to soldiers first responders teachers nurses uh you all know who you are so many of you we can't name you all and we apologize for that we don't have the time but you are on our hearts and on our minds we appreciate you yeah appreciate everybody is uh you know gotta mute my computer there's the dings coming in for Ding. our text messages already oh, at 512 let me guess the subject matter college ball playoff no, Rankings. no, Ooh. we will certainly take your thoughts on that because we've got some uh, conversations to Talk, be that had. That would be the first one. What are we talking about? We'll, we'll it says, uh, we're going to fake it till we make it, Rod. Hey. Woo! Rick Flair up in I guess we can here. make it a woo Wednesday then. Woo! Just because we don't have the, uh, obviously, the Friday edition. I have to admit that on this uh, uh, Thanksgiving Eve, I have lost my affinity for Rick Flair. I'm not a fan of his uh, Jim Harbaugh support, got to tell you. 
Uh, not a fan. Oh, okay, well, I can understand that. Well, Ric Flair is a very uh, polarizing. Because I didn't watch wrestling. Is Ric Flair a villain or a hero? What is it? Which side is he he's on? Both. He's become both. Oh, I mean, he's gone and, from. And, he, and the iconic uh, wrestlers—they always become both, right? You have your hero heel turn. You know the Hollywood Hogan, Hulk Hogan thing. I mean, Mark Henry's done the hero hero heel turn. I like yes, that. Yes, if you are, if you're a Hall of Fame wrestler, there's a good chance at one point in your career you went. You went heel to the dark side. Yes, you Kinda always. Like, it's part because you got to reinvent yourself. You're around so long, you get boring. Yeah, you know, people are like man, you got to reinvent yourself. That's part of the wrestling reinvention, and it's beautiful. And honestly, it happens to all sports figures. I mean, I'm looking at LeBron right now. Happened to LeBron. Happened to Steph. I mean, it's that oh, yeah. great line from The Dark Knight, right? Either you die a hero or you live long enough to become a villain. Having to Mac Brown, you will become a villain if you stick around long enough. Oh, for sure. It's just the reality. Uh, of you know, that's, there's, that's absolutely <laughs> you upset right. Upset enough people because you're just around long enough. Uh, yeah. Without a doubt, without a doubt, that's pretty cool. So, uh, but Ric Flair is a villain for me, a heel now yeah. because hey. he is a, he is like full throated support of Michigan, like hey, they're being villains, persecuted or something. Villains are good, all right, because villains create a conflict. Conflict creates storylines. Right now, this college football season is so intriguing. Why? You got a villain, and Jim Harbaugh has become the villain. You and he painted <laughs> himself as the martyr. You merely adopted the it. dark. I was born in it. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Thank you. There's Ty, our producer. He'll yeah. be chiming in this morning exactly. as we get this thing, get this thing rolling on Turkey Day Eve. We'll uh, visit what we're going to be up to the next couple of days, and uh, uh, hope, hopefully you and yours are ready to settle in and watch some football and enjoy yes, your family and a feast. If you're traveling today, Don Miller will be along with traffic. I believe we've got uh, the busiest travel day of the year. Oh, uh, God bless to y'all, and fro. man. I'm praying for you. Uh, Everybody traveling. Because it's, uh, it's dangerous on the roads, but, man, it is treacherous in the map ports. I, guess. <laughs> I know, yeah, the airport is, will be jammed. The roads oh, will be jammed. Man. Uh, getting out and getting where you're going. Uh, like be safe. Lord of the flies be, in that place sure right Sure, yeah, I don't want to. <laughs> I would not want to brave that. My wife, she likes to travel during the holidays, during, like, Christmas, and I, I dread it. I hate it. Only thing worse than, uh, oh. you know, the, road, the roads the, today, wherever you're headed, it would be the, the HEB. And we're trying to go to the oh, grocery store. Yeah. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. Also, another place. Yeah, you got to brave your way through that madness. Well, I got some errands to run after the show, and I got to go up to the station and see Ty and do some stuff. And, uh, yeah, I got to do that, too. Got to jump my son, my brother's dog back off at his house, all this other stuff. But I'm like, I'm, I'm but trying. I need to stop in at HEB. And I'm like, no, no I'm not, not doing Pick that. Pick the right one. No, nope, not Pick doing it. Pick the right one. I'm thinking of anywhere else I can get what I, I only need a couple of things. I'm like, Dollar General. <laughs> I'm going to the DG. I am not going to the HEB today. That ain't happening. Yeah, you I'm not going to be wrestling you with say lady. that, and then wife, he's going to end up I forgetting something. Like, oh, we forgot something. Aaron, can you go do this? And nope, boom. Nope. And you're going to have to be caught up in it. I know where the secret back door to the Dollar General is. <laughs> I do. I do. Uh, no, just, I, I can well, slide out there. But you the DG, so you, you're very comfortable. Oh, I love the DG. The DG, yeah, which I've never heard of. But, but I like it, the DG. The DG yeah, is the, the DG. bomb, man. Yeah. It's your little quick destination if you know where one is. That's true. Uh, yeah, all right. So uh, let's get to the headlines because we've got a lot to talk about, man. we got college football aplenty, which is good. You know, thinking of feast, feast of football, mm-hmm. feast of the NFL, college hoops. Let's go to the uh, top stories top gun rentals and lawn equipment bring you the top stories happy happy thanksgiving to those folks how about we start with college football fourth edition of the cfp rankings out last night brought a change in the top five once again no movement for the longhorns they're once again seventh by the college football committee a spot behind oregon one ahead of alabama that's where they've been for four weeks georgia remains solid at number one ohio state is two ahead of saturday's massive showdown at number three michigan the unbeaten washington huskies have moved into the four spot they replaced 11-0 florida state who slid to five after the win but the injury to their quarterback jordan travis other big 12 teams in the cfp top 20 include oklahoma at 13 k-state 19 oak state is 20 Elsewhere, more accolades for the Texas players yesterday 
roaring in. Uh, Longhorn defensive lineman Tavondre Sweat having a great season, and obviously he's a finalist for the Chuck Bednarik Award now that honors the nation's top defensive player. Even more impressive for T. Sweat, the senior from Huntsville. He was also announced as one of ten finalists for the Walter Camp Award. The camp is the nation's fourth oldest individual college football accolade and is presented annually to college football's player of the year on either side of the ball. Also yesterday, Texas running back Jonathan Brooks announced as one of, one of the semifinalists for the Doak Walker Award. Junior from Hallettsville suffered a torn ACL to versus TCU in Week 10, but ahead of that, had rushed for over 1,100 yards and 10 touchdowns, 25 catches for 286 yards and a score. Two other Big 12 running backs also made that final 10 for the Doak. Ollie Gordon of Oklahoma State, who leads the conference in rushing, and a, a local product the Longhorns will face on Friday night. Texas Tech's Taj Brooks, senior from Maynard, has rushed for over 1,300 yards and nine touchdowns for the Red Raiders this season. Certainly has the attention of Texas head coach Steve the first guy has a hard time getting him down and it's not always because of the elusiveness it's his ability to absorb blows and stay on his feet and then continue to to break tackles get hard yards Uh, they're a physical running football team Certainly are. That uh, has been a change of their MO this year. We'll talk about that coming up with Texas and Texas Tech. That game goes Friday night, 6.30, senior night at DKR. Horns game day pregame will go live at 4 from the Mockingbird Saloon on the drag. Guadalupe right there uh, next to Kirby Lane. Big night of college hoops last night. Fourth-ranked Marquette absolutely routed top-ranked Kansas, 73-59 in the Maui Invitational Semifinals. Shaka Smart, his first win over ever over a top-ranked team. His Golden Eagles led for all but 22 seconds of that game. Marquette will take on number two, Purdue, for the tournament championship today. Boilermaker took down Rick Barnes in Tennessee last night. Week 12 in the NFL kicks off tomorrow. Turkey Day triple header, 11-30, 8-2 Detroit hosting Green Bay. 3-30 in the afternoon, the Cowboys 7-3 hosting Washington at 7-20 tomorrow night. Goodwin in the NFC West, 7-3 San Francisco is at 6-4 Seattle. Horn Headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. Double up discounts this month by getting 5% off any rental or purchase of steel outdoor power equipment by donating two non-perishable food items from Capillary Food Bank. TopGun.net, we'll shoot you straight. All right, so Longhorn fans uh, still upset because they're behind Oregon. And um, it, it's going to be The numbers back Texas. Huh? When you the look, numbers do. The strength of schedule back Texas. They quality got more wins. quality wins. I, I agree. The committee's making a statement, whatever it is. They keep, they're keeping Oregon ahead of Texas. And you don't necessarily, you're not going to leap for enough time to leapfrog them. And you don't have enough um, kind of data hits, <laughs> if you will, uh, to boost you uh, to leapfrog Oregon. So you, Oregon's got to lose. And if Oregon doesn't lose, hell, Oregon's going to be in the college football playoff. I mean, that's just they, – they control well, their own fate to a certain extent because they play Oregon State. Oregon State is a ranked team. That will boost them up a little bit. And then they'll have Washington, assuming they beat Oregon State. Um, and then Washington, who, the winner of that, is in. Is in. Well, Rod, right over the next ten days, uh, starting you know, between now and a week from Saturday, one will play eight. Mm-hmm. Two's going to play three Saturday. Four is going to play six. And five will play ten. Uh, so those four games will determine the Longhorns. Now, look, the Longhorns have two games. They've got to play number seven. I mean, Texas is number seven. They're going to play Texas Tech and then likely the number 20 team in the poll, Oklahoma State. And you're right, so the data points aren't there to earn a you know, real quality win uh, unless Oklahoma were to slip into the, to the, to the, CF, into the mm-hmm. Big 12 championship game. Yeah. If Oklahoma State were to stub their toe, they, then they could be just outside the top ten. And obviously if the Longhorns could play Oklahoma and beat them in Arlington on yeah. December 2nd, that could avenge the only loss. 
for Texas, which came at the buzzer. Might uh, mean a little something to the committee. Might mean a little. Yeah. So the Longhorns are by no means out, but, yeah, they're not. I mean, look, when one plays eight, and here, here are the questions I have. If, if, if Georgia, who has won, plays Alabama in the SEC title game, if Georgia wins that, they're in. Mm-hmm. Whoever wins two and three, which is Michigan and Ohio State, whoever wins that will be in because they're going to trounce Iowa in the Big Ten championship game. Uh, four plays six. That's Washington and Oregon. Yeah. And so, so three spots are secured pretty much right. conference-wise, right? And if Oregon wins that and, and they're already ahead of Texas, they're going to stay and move up to three. Yeah. And Washington will then fall. Five plays ten. And as you said with, with us on our Longhorn live stream last night, and a lot of people have pointed out, Texas flat out needs Florida State to lose to Louisville. Yes. Or to Florida on Saturday. They need Florida State. To that. Yeah, because it's only – if you just look at it, it's only one spot. As you just broke it down, it's only one spot that's really open because basically the winner of those conference championships yeah. you just talked about, Pac-12, Big Ten, SEC, they look like they're in. Unless now, there's SEC, a massive upset somewhere else. The, like I said, SEC is interesting if Bama beats Georgia. Yeah. Then things get interesting. And I guess if you're Texas now, you're hoping for that. Like that – at least that chaos. Now, they may, may pull a stunt and go – Hell, we're putting both of them in, and then you're left out. But I, that would – oh, man, think about the chaos that would cause. And the precedent, that would be a hell pre- of a Sunday. And the precedent you would set by just ignoring head-to-head because that's what Texas has over Bama if Bama I would wins. think precedent that this committee has set, and I know it, it changes you know, year to year, but it's pretty much the same as last year's 13-person committee. If, if Alabama beats Georgia, let's play that scenario out in the SEC title game. And they very well could. I mean, Alabama's getting better. Jalen Miller's, Miller's playing, playing great. Really well. yeah. That'll be a heck of a game. Um, you know, I would argue Alabama's in and Georgia's out. I mean, that's, you know, Georgia yeah. because the conference. The late loss. And if the Lawhorns win out, I think they award. Does the manner of the loss? The, the, does the type no, of loss matter? No, I don't think so. Just an L? Uh, I think there'll be an argument for Georgia uh, because they've been number one for 30 weeks in a row and they're back-to-back chance. But about this year. I mean, I think the data point that would separate and put Texas in over Georgia is conference champion. I mean, conference champion. Um, you know, Alabama would be the SEC champ, Big Ten champion, Pac-12 champion, Big 12 champ in. Uh, and that Big 12 champ earns their way in over Georgia because they beat Alabama. Yeah. Who took down Georgia. And that win over Alabama, still the best non-conference win of the year for any program and any team, will be the ace card. That'll be the trump. That'll be all right. Well, sorry, Georgia. Sucks to be you, but you should have won the SEC championship game. Uh, you're not a champion, and now uh, you're out. Now, can I guarantee that? Can we all sit here and, and bet our mortgages on that? No. no. I mean, the committee could certainly lean, lean in and do yeah. uh, But I do think, you know, if, if – if, and we said this over, over time here. You know, if Texas were TCU in the same scenario, probably not. But no. Texas is Texas. Yeah, Texas brand. does bring the brand. Yeah. Texas does bring – eyeballs so if you're into the this is about tv ratings and um you know popularity this will be at i mean texas doesn't trump georgia but they're right there maybe they do as far as an overall brand in college football and some new blood you know bringing another region into the college football playoff you're going to get the south with alabama you got the midwest with the big 10 champ the west coast with the pac-12 champ and then texas bringing you know the state of texas that's why i think you if you're texas you kind of root for chaos now helps you you need more chaos. What hurts yeah, you? Shock is, hurts. What hurts you? Yeah, exactly right. Is these teams who are already ahead of you continuing to win? That's what's kept you now at seven. It, at this point, now chaos could hurt you. We just talked about. You said committee could decide. Hey, oh, man, both of them. Man, the SEC is king. That's what holds down. They could decide to do that and put if Bama upsets Georgia and put both of them in. I doubt it because that is a precedent. I don't think they want to set by totally ignoring head to head. So if you're Texas. Chaos in any of these scenarios is a good thing for you. Oregon State beating Washington, and then why? Oregon State, so Oregon State beating Oregon, and then Oregon beating Washington. 
also chaos helps. Chaos helps. Uh, yeah, because look, the the Big Ten champ uh, is going. They're not known. Neither Ohio State or Michigan are losing to Iowa. Then that's just not going to happen. I don't see it, but Iowa's uh, defense you, is really, really good. It they is. Can't, they can't score. But so is Michigan and Ohio State. If, if oh, Michigan and Ohio State score 20 points, they win the game. Yes. <laughs> no, that's yes. actually true. I mean, that's 20 to 3 will be the final score of that game potentially, <laughs> but they'll win it. Yeah. Uh, so they're in. Uh, you know, obviously you could root for chaos this weekend, as you said. I mean, could Oregon State upset Oregon? Uh, could Washington State upset Washington? Uh, could one of those fall in the rivalry weekend? You yeah. never know. Florida, you know. Florida State going down by any means is great for you. Yeah, but I, I will take your thoughts on that. I mean, I, the, the SEC conversation is big. I just think this is a year where it looks like it's going to play out that four conference champions will be in, whether they're undefeated or one loss, and uh, that would negate a Georgia losing. And, um, you know, the, the, and the other thing you root for, I mean, no one roots for injuries, but you know, the, does the Jordan-Travis injury – because they're coming in with a guy named Roadmaker. Roadmaker is going to be the hey. quarter, quarterback for Florida State. Now, Florida State is playing Florida. Now, Florida for Billy Napier, not very good. Uh, their Starting defense is wrecked. hurt, too. They're, yes, uh, Graham Mertz, their QB, is hurt. So, you know, they're not what they have been, even as a bad team this year. Uh, but the game you look at for, for Florida State is Louisville. Because Louisville all of a sudden becomes an interesting team. They're number 10 in the country right now. They're a one-loss team for Jeff Brom. And they very well could beat Florida State. We just don't know what this quarterback is. I mean, we saw Malik Murphy step in for Texas and win a couple of big games for the Longhorns when Quinn Ewers was hurt. You know, this guy's got to do it. And then the argument becomes, Rod, if they went out, I mean, I'm assuming Florida State is in. But, you know, with Roadmaker, are they better than a one-loss Texas uh, who have both won conference champions uh, and Quinn Ewers is healthy? Those are, you know, because their quest is to find the four best teams. Yes. Could you make an argument that even a one-loss Texas team is better than an undefeated ACC champion without its quarterback going into the Final Four? That would also be – but I think that's a slight chance, Rod. I don't think yeah. – I think they're not going to, you know, derail – uh, you know, obviously, Jim Travis had a chance to get back for those semifinal yes. games, maybe, but he's out for the year. He had a you know, severe, severe compound fracture of his leg. Yeah, along with you, I think as long as they keep winning, even though it's a reality that they are not better than a team like Texas uh, or even the other, another team that would be on the outside looking, even like in Oregon, is if they end up losing to Washington or, say, they're out uh, with their starting quarterback. We all would know that, but I wonder how much of the, the meritocracy, right, of just going undefeated, uh, would grant them just automatic access to the college football playoff. That's usually been the, you know, that's been the precedent, right? You undefeated, you coming from the Power Five uh, conference like the ACC, you're in, regardless of your circumstance. And we've, you know, with, with we've seen Ohio State get, make it in with with a backup quarterback. Yeah, they won with a third string quarterback. And here's what's odd for for Texas fans who uh, you know, have a very strong argument that Texas should be ahead of Oregon. And uh, as of, as we sit here on this Wednesday morning. And everything we just said would play out, and Oregon could still play their way back ahead of Texas with the schedule they have, right? Oregon State and then Washington. You know, if, if, if they had Texas at six right now and Oregon at seven, nobody would blink an eye because it would be there's, – there's the data to back that up. Yep. Uh, Oregon doesn't have a win as quality as Texas does on their resume. Texas has more ranked wins. Texas has a stronger strength of schedule. They're both one-loss teams. Um, you know, we, the argument for me would be if Washington had – if Oregon had beaten Washington, Washington would be behind Texas as a one-loss team, and they've played similar schedules. Uh, I just don't know what Oregon is getting. I know it's probably about the analytics. Style and, points and analytics. And Bo Nix, and they're yeah. offensively, defensively exactly. really good. And if Bo Nix ends up winning the Heisman, you know, being in Heisman, like he's Heisman, what, front runner right now? It's like him and Penix, I think. Yeah. So well, and that's the point for people. Well, I guess my point of that is fans getting all, you know, bent out of shape about Oregon being ahead of Texas. It doesn't really matter. If they, if they win out, they would have been ahead of anyhow. 
you know what I mean? Because their their loss was a narrow loss at Washington, and if they beat Oregon That's State exactly. and then beat yeah, then they re, they go back and beat Washington in the yeah. Pac-12 title game. Well, then they would have jumped Texas anyhow. Even if Texas were sitting here at six and Oregon at seven, they would have and they went out. They would have jumped over. To boost them. Uh, they would have ended up jumping Texas, I believe. So don't don't get all bent out of shape. But I understand the Longhorn fans saying that because they probably should be. In the end, it really doesn't matter. What you have to do is win your games, and as you said, hope for a little bit of chaos. Yeah, just let the chips fall where they may. You, and we all admit we expected Texas to win the Big Twelve title, not necessarily to you know win the win the national title, but they're ahead of schedule, and that's great. Um, and I'm with you. I think right now it looks like there's going to be one spot open, like, unless just chaos happens, which, like I said, we're, I'm rooting for as a Longhorn fan because I think it helps the Longhorns. It'll be, you know, one of those things where it'll be kind of a coin toss, whether it'll help them or hurt them if Bama wins or if uh, Oregon gets upset by Oregon State. But I take that coin toss because right now uh, I, 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 I'm starting to see there's a path to the playoff, but it's not a wide one. It's a narrow one. Uh, unless, unless you get chaos. If you get chaos, then that path widens. Well, to, to, to the good part of that, uh, I think for college football, it happens every year. I mean, it's rivalry weekend, throw out oh, the yeah. records, all of that. Um, you know, these are in-state rivals. This is one of the best weekends of college football of the year because of that and the passion and the, the unpredictability of it. And then, you know, conference championship games are neutral site situations. And, mm-hmm. you know, Florida State doesn't mean – look, the reason that there's a, there's a strong chance Florida State could lose is, A, Louisville's a good team. And they're getting better yeah. as the year goes for Jeff Brom, the young, young coach there. And Jordan Travis was the engine of their team. I mean, Jordan Travis was as important yeah. to their team as any quarterback in the country. Agreed. I mean, it's not like Florida State is Michigan where they just hand it off 45 times and they can just pound you into submission. You know, Georgia. You know, Florida State was kind of built around the, the playmaking ability of a 60-year senior quarterback. Uh, it would be similar to Washington or Oregon losing Bo Nix or Michael Penix at this point, right? I mean, this guy was huge. Yeah. So they actually could take a loss. That's realistic. And at that point, there's a spot wide open for you if you went out and win the Big 12. Um, and then the rest of that will, will play out. But it's going to be a fun, fun run. Uh, and I think we would both agree, Rob, that a, uh, a, a strong performance against Texas Tech would help. Uh, some style some points style here. style points would be nice. In a one-loss beauty pageant, as we call it, right? Because that's yeah. where you are. When you lost the game to Oklahoma – you know, you, we wouldn't be talking about this. Texas would be number one in the country. Number one. If they hadn't lost that game in the fourth quarter in the final three minutes of the game or two minutes of the game, um, you know, two-minute defense. Uh, but here's the thing. Texas Tech will be playing Texas at the pretty much the same time Oregon would play on Oregon State. Uh, okay. Texas Tech will start – Texas game will start at 630. The Oregon State game starts Friday night at, uh, at Outson Stadium at uh, 730. So, you know, head-to-head as far as TV goes and eyeballs. And so some style points would be good there um, because, uh, you know, you're playing a 6-5 and five team where Oregon's playing an in-state rival that's number 16 in the country and 8-3 yeah. and three and just played Washington within two points. That's a big game. So all they got to do is win. But if your game is tight. You might want to spread it, separate, <laughs> yeah. separate yes. a little bit in that spot. So. I agree with that. And I think Stark understands that. Yeah, because uh, that's the stand. You, know, you two are the, really the standalone Friday night games. There's games during the day. You know, Penn State plays Michigan State on Friday night, but who's going to pay attention to that game? Missouri and Arkansas are middle of the day on Friday. So there are some other games, but your two headline games – uh, are, are going kind of head-to-head, number six and number seven. The Oregon, or Oregon-Texas argument will be playing at the same time, one on Fox, one on ABC. At least on my TV, that's like one channel apart. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I'll have it on both well, screens, right? Saying, you know it me. doesn't matter for you. you pack six, I'll have it on both screens. Six games on at once. No, not that. I'll have two. 
Okay, so uh, we're just getting warmed up on a Turkey Day Eve edition of Hook'em Up. Uh, we'll go behind the burn orange curtain. Uh, Rod will get us ready for this game. Don't, don't think for a second we're ignoring the Texas Tech game. We're just putting a win in the win column. Got to go get that W. Earn your way into the, uh, right. the college football playoff argument. And you're still trying to win a Big 12 championship and honor 25 seniors on their way out. Also, uh, what the facts for the top of the hour. Cowboys playing the Turkey Day game tomorrow afternoon. Give you a fact on the Cowboys. If you're a gambler, you might want not want to bet on the Cowboys. I'll tell you why. Coming up in what the facts. Uh, we'll hit the rest of that. We are rolling in five hours. They're going to fly by today. Uh, roll with us on 1019 AM 1260. Streaming on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, hook them up. 1019 AM 1260. The Horn. Appreciate you on the uh, text line. All kinds of good comments, including this from uh, Longhorn Pat. Common opponent with Texas Tech for Oregon. Need to stomp a mud hole in the Red Raiders on Friday. That's true. Remember, Oregon played Texas point. Tech way back in the uh, start of the season. Yep. And uh, shootout. Heck of a game. I believe that game was the same day that Texas played Alabama. Oh, um, uh, Yeah, because be I remember I was watching. You know, I do the in-game watch on Inside Texas, mm-hmm. right? The watch-along. And I was doing it from the field house at the crossover out in Cedar Park and executing that. Then I had the Oregon-Texas uh, Tech game going on another television while I was watching the Longhorn game. So uh, that was that same night uh, down in, uh, in Lubbock's. Lubbock's. Tonight, uh, Friday's game will be obviously here. This says, E, thanks to the powers that be at the Horn for giving Patrick a uh, better time slot in the afternoon. Sports Complex, a great show. Thank you. See, there's Victor. Appreciate that. Yeah, starting early December when we it come back, it'll be uh, Sports Complex 4 to 6. And uh, does a great job. he certainly does. Uh, CB wants to know if you still binge watch Tom Hanks movies. Uh, yeah, T. Hanksgiving. Uh, that's what I Thanksgiving didn't... always has been in the uh, the baby's house. So now, a little different. Got a new member of the family. So we'll see. If we and you got a bunch of family you. rolling in. Got yeah, a bunch of family rolling in. So yeah, we'll see if Rod B can uh, have T. Hanksgiving. I do that early before the games come on. The games come on. What are, what are the go-to T. Hanks films? Oh, exactly. There's so many. You know, oh, you just you just like put, oh, them, a, put, can, put, put them all in a hat and just draw pretty out Pretty much. You can just go random, man, if you want to. I mean, there, there are so many go-tos. If you want to get in the holiday spirit, you know, you got your Biggs in there for your Love holiday Big. spirit. Biggs is a great one. Um, I mean, Forrest Gump is just – Anytime. Just, exactly. Timeless. <laughs> Throw that out there. Great soundtrack, too. It's a good uh, tune. Exactly. You know what I mean? That's always a feel-good one. I mean, there are a bunch of Tom Hanks movies. I try to stay away from the serious Tom Hanks movies during Thanksgiving. I don't want to go to Philadelphia on everybody. Uh, we ain't going there. You know what I mean? We try to stay away from the serious ones, but try to go somewhere with lighthearted film. But yeah, you don't watch, like, Saving Private Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? We won't get too serious, but he, that's, that's, that's why I love Tom Hanks because I love him because of his range. Yeah. Got all, the one thing he hasn't done a lot of is play a villain. I think he's done it like twice. He's smart about that. He has played, uh, man, what was the one he plays? The mobster. He's a mobster. I forget the name of it. He's a mobster in one movie. I'll figure it out. Too many to remember yeah, all the that's names. That's the only one. He's that and oh man, you ever seen Cloud Atlas? One of his no. worst. I believe that, that is. I believe that's the name of it. It's one of his worst. If I'm, I, I think I think that's it. I have not seen Cloud uh, Atlas. I've seen almost every Tom Hanks movie, so I can critique all. That's of pretty them. good. Yeah. Uh, okay, I, I, so uh, we'll, we'll run through that. If if you're a Tom Hanks binger for for tea giving, <laughs> which is kind of cool, I'll be binge watching football. We'll get you some what the facts on the uh, Turkey Day triple header that's coming up tomorrow. Three different uh, NFC yeah. divisional battles, which is kind of fun. Uh, and big ones, too, because we'll see. You know, we saw Philadelphia get a big win on Monday night, and then tomorrow you get uh, 
you know, you know, three of the other, maybe four of the other best teams in the NFC, front and center with Detroit, Dallas, San Francisco, and Seattle. I think Seattle's on the outside looking in, but they beat San Francisco Thursday night. Uh, watch out. They're right there in that conversation is, uh, you know, the hierarchy of the NFC. Yeah. Uh, one other note, Rod, if you're looking for some, uh, you know, after our show wraps up today, if you're looking for some more Longhorn coverage, our Eyes on Texas multicast uh, that I do with Mike Craven. Yes, sir. The senior writer Dave Campbell's Texas football is out. We dropped that yesterday. Real good review of the uh, Iowa State win, uh, the Texas culture change, and uh, the – the preview of Texas Tech all there for you uh, in our four quarters of, of conversation. So hit that up. That's uh, Eyes on Texas. It's the the podcast. You can find it on Spotify and iTunes and on the YouTube pay, YouTube channels of The Horn and Dave Campbell's Texas Football. Speaking of nice. Mike Craven and Dave Campbell's Texas Football, we talked about this a little bit last night, Rod, on the, uh, on the live stream, the Inside Texas live stream. Uh, and Jerry Hamilton was with us, and he's going to join us next hour. Uh, Jerry Hamilton from Inside Texas talks some recruiting, little basketball, and the Longhorn Texas Tech game. But Jerry's uh, the senior recruiting analyst for On Three Sports. Uh, but he said he was told by somebody close yesterday that A and M, Texas A and M, would like to have their new coach hire announced next week. Yeah, maybe by next Wednesday. That's wild. Now he wouldn't go on record to guarantee that, but he said that's something he heard from someone he really trusts that uh, they 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 moved from on Jimbo Fisher to have somebody in place. You know, to hit the ground running as soon as you know next Saturday happens. Um, get so that would make sense to the timeline I was told too, Rod. Uh, that if you're A and M, you why would you move on Jimbo Fisher with three weeks to go to get somebody in place next week? So after championship Saturday, the college football playoff Final Four announced, your coach can hit the ground running, recruiting portal, all those things. Uh, his story, Dave, my, um, so take the Jerry Hamilton story, and then Mike Craven wrote a story for Dave Campbell's Texas Football and said and said the five names he's hearing most. And regarding that show, include um, Lance Leipold, Kansas. I like that. Really good coach. That's a good coach. Eric. Jeff good Trailer, coach. UTSA. Good coach. Mike Elko, Duke. Good coach. Who had with been the defensive coordinator. Yeah, with some we know there. Trailer brings a ton of uh, oh, Texas ties. Texas ties. And he's Texas ties. Texas guy. Uh, high school coach. He's one of uh, the Texas High School Coach Association's own. Lance Leipold. What he's he, done he's at proved, Kansas he's is remarkable. He's at multiple levels, though. Right? Yeah, Leipold. <laughs> yeah, he can coach ball. They can coach ball. So. He, as long as he hires the right staff, right, and he can do that because he, he's totally, uh, you know, capable of that, he'll be okay. Yeah. Uh, the, a name that, and then two names from, from, from Mike Craven that are kind of off the nose that you probably aren't thinking about. Uh, Oregon State's Jonathan, Jonathan, Jonathan Smith, okay. head coach of the Beavers. Yeah, he's got them rolling. And then a name from the, 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 of course, two new teams joining the Big 12, Jed Fish at Arizona. And that's a weird one, but I, I we've heard that from that multiple people now. I'm not sure how I feel about that one. If I'm in I don't area. either. But Jed Fish, you know, done a real good job. The Arizona was 1-11 in his first season, but now 8-3, and three, one of the best turnarounds in the country. That's true. And the other part of that is Jed Fish has a relationship with – previous relationship when they were on the same staff at Jim Harbaugh at Michigan with uh, DJ Durkin, okay. the defensive coordinator who is at A&M right now. And, look, I, I was also told this, and, I, and Jerry <clears> confirmed <throat> that he had heard it too – that A&M feels like they have a roster, if they can keep it together and add some pieces, Rod, through the portal, that if they get the right coach, they could have like a Sonny Dykes TCU turn from one year to the next. Okay. Now, again, that could be the Aggies' wishful thinking. But, but, you know, the recruiting classes that Jimbo Fisher is leaving there, oh, it's not like no, there's no stats. players. They're stats. They have good players. you got a culture issue and you got a development issue right now. And so that the idea is, we, we, you know, we don't need the splash hire like Urban Meyer. We want a coach and come in and coach. 
and maybe keep some of the staff together on the defensive side, bring an offensive innovation. Uh, so we'll see. Follow that. That could be next Wednesday. Well, we will certainly do it here on Hook'em Up with Ian Rod. We just wanted to get that out there. And uh, Mike Craven yeah. doing great work on the Eyes on Texas podcast. And that's uh, Dave Campbell's Texas football uh, but let's switch some gears and go behind the burn orange curtain rod, talk some Texas football. We're two days out now to the season finale. And they were all asking themselves the same question. What is behind that curtain? I've got a text. Road to Perdition. Oh, good one. Is the uh, Tom Hanks gangster film I was thinking about. There you go. Sort of the only, and I don't even know if he's a true villain, but he was a gangster. So. I don't know if I've seen that, Rod. Oh really? Oh, I don't. I can't. I maybe I have. I mean, Tom Hanks. There's so many. I like which one's which. And I want to say, but he's great. I love Tom Hanks. Oh yeah, man. That Road to Perdition. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna say you need to check that one out. I it's will. Worth watching. I will. Oh yeah, nice, good cast too. Um, and Road to Perdition. It's, it's, it, that, that's a time piece, right? Paul Period Newman. piece. It's old. It's old. It's yeah, way set yeah. back, way back. It's like right? old. Oh yeah, I want to say it's like oh, man. early part of the century. Yeah, it could Last be 20s century. or something like that. 1920s, 30s, okay. something like that. Um, but it's uh, Paul Newman, Jude Law. Pretty good. All right, good. I'm yeah, Road good. to Perdition. Yeah, I remember when it came out. I just don't know that I ever saw it. It's one of those I'll probably start watching. Oh, yeah, I've seen this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trust yeah. me. You'd enjoy it. I mean, what, you know, I don't know if you – I think it's post, like, it's like maybe during the Great Depression, right around there. So maybe, like, nah, somewhere around there. It could be. All right, anyway, way too much about Tom Hanks. Let's get to talking Sleepless about Sleepless in Seattle, Rod. You could watch oh, that. Oh, that's on another one. <laughs> Turner and Hooch is also one I always turn on. Stuff. Turner and Hooch. You love dogs, too. Good. Yeah. Oh, and also League of Their Own. He's great in that one. Boom, I'm now looking at his filmography, and now I'm thinking the ones I would watch oh, if I was binging on Thanksgiving. Right? Toy Story. Toy Story is a good one. Yeah, there's so many. Because I mean, my kids, I that's my kids were growing up through Toy Story. Yeah, there you go. So oh we, yeah, we so had every. What was it like? Three of them? Yeah, three no, four, them? four, and four they're all good. Oh yeah, they're great, no doubt. Yeah, and he, he does a lot of stuff. I mean, Tom Hanks. I'm telling you, range, man. That's his. To tell that's his unique quality. He's got a lot of range. Uh, but anyway, let's get to some Texas Tech uh, discussion. They have less range than Tom Hanks, but they. You know what? I will say that they have they have reinvented themselves like Tom Hanks likes to do because now they're running the football more than ever. I cannot recall a Texas Tech team. Maybe when Tommy Tuberville was there. You remember when Tommy Tuberville took over for a while at Tech? Senator Tommy yeah, Tuberville. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God. Yes. What a country. <laughs> uh, yeah, the same guy that uh, broke up with Texas Tech at a recruiting dinner. He didn't break up. The Irish could bite him. <laughs> it was a breakup. It was just, he didn't tell them about it. They found out about it on TV. Uh, but anyway, uh, that was not the last time they ran the ball this much, guys. They, they've ran it at least 40 times in four, four of the last six games. They're running the football a lot, and they're not necessarily that effective, but Taj Brooks is the real deal. Uh, Taj Brooks averaging you know 5.4 yards per rush. Um, he'll be in the, uh, the conversation to be – you know, I'm sure, you know, uh, not only the Doak Walker Award, same finalist, he might be a finalist. For which one? Uh, Taj Brooks. Yes. He, yeah. And he, and he may end up, because of the Jonathan Brooks injury, on first team uh, all Big 12 along with him and Ollie Gordon. It'll be a, a three-horse uh, race for the first team all Blake, Big 12 running back. Yeah, I agree. Ollie Gordon, could be Jay Brooks, could be Taj Brooks. Yeah, all three. Yeah, those are your top, leading, top three leading right? rushers in the Big 12 right They're now. They're really good. And they all, I think, have their own statistical – kind of uh, separators for them. But they want to run the football, and they want to – he's their best player. They want to funnel usage to him via the running game. But as we know, that Texas – that's their defensive strength. I mean, they're one of the best rush defenses in the history of Texas football. You're talking about the fourth best rush defense in the Big 12 in the last – 
15 years uh, since 2009. Uh, they held K-State a top five rushing attack with duo dual threat quarterbacks to their lowest rushing output in 10 years since 2014. Uh, they, uh, they held Iowa State to nine yards rushing. I just think handing off the football in a traditional running game against Texas is a fool's errand, but that is Texas Tech's new identity, and I think it's something they're doing out of necessity. I don't necessarily think they want to be this, but I always say life and football are constant struggles deciding between what you want to be and what you need to be in order to survive, and I think this is what they need to be in order to survive and win some games because the other route, because the injuries to their quarterbacks and with pass protection issues, it just wasn't winning games for them. Uh, they were they were scoring points, but they weren't winning games. Now they're scoring fewer points, but they're winning games. And Texas Tech's defense isn't bad. Now they're bad in certain areas, right? Third down defense, they're 107th. Uh, sacks, they're like uh, 100th, so they don't get to the get to the quarterback very well. Um, but scoring defense at 54th, and they're trying to play more complementary brand of football. That's what them running the football, I think, is all about. Um, and Sark says he likes some things about the defense. They do some interesting things. I think what he's referring to is the amount that they um, that they run simulated pressures, what we call sim pressure. The, the, this is something that worries me a little bit in this matchup because Texas had issues with sim pressure. You guys remember me talking about simulated pressure. Uh, that's when you make something look like a blitz, smell like a blitz, uh, feel like a blitz, except it's not a blitz. It's going to be a three- or four-man pressure, uh, but you make it feel and look like a blitz. Therefore, you can confuse the blocking schemes of the offensive line. They're expecting blitz. It's not blitz, and then you confuse their blocking schemes, and then you can get free rushers or uh, potentially be able to apply more pressure that way. Now, and you still win the numbers advantage in the back end in the passing game, all right, with pass defense, uh, but you end up, you know, obviously uh, uh, making it look like you're going to blitz, and you force the offense to check to their hot read or their blitz protection or, or their blitz, uh, blitz pass, and if they check an audible to whatever their hot read is going to be via the blitz, you can take away the first read, and that's how you make your quarterback hold on to the ball longer, and that is one of the, the benefits of running simulated pressure. They run simulated pressure uh, at a top 10 rate among Power 5 teams. All right, That's a lot of simulated pressure. And they also, with the sim pressure, they'll run twists and stunts, not as much as they probably should, but those are the issues they gave Texas problems in the Rice game. Remember that early on? Early on in the season, Texas had issues with that, um, and if you combine that with Amoeba fronts with every matter of fact, Iowa State did some of this early on in the first half where everybody's lined up at the line of scrimmage, seven guys at the line of scrimmage, all on the line, two point stands, three point stands, and you're going to send three or four and drop the rest of the guys. Offensive line has n no idea where the pressure is coming from and who's dropping and who's coming, and that's how you confuse the blocking schemes. Texas had a lot of issues with that late in the season last year versus Baylor. Um, Baylor had more sacks than any other team against Texas in 2022 because of that. Those con combining those concepts, they had issues with Rice because Rice combined a lot of those concepts in pass protection. That to me would be something that could that that could confuse the O line and that could become a problem for Texas in this matchup. I don't foresee it being a big issue, but it could, especially if you're not ahead of the chains. Now, if you're ahead of the chains and you're not in predictable passing situations, they won't have really a an opportunity to deploy all right these combined concepts. But if you're in predictable passing situations, then they have a shot to do it. Just like Iowa State was able to do it early on in the first half against Texas, they got four sacks. And they were using some simulated pressure. They were using some amoeba fronts. 
So that would be the concern if you're looking at the matchup of the Texas offense versus the Tech defense. But other than that, Texas has the advantage in almost every way. And I think they had the advantage there too. It's just that is if you were looking at something to be concerned about considering what happened last week with the pass protection issues in the first half. Because think about it, Iowa State was 113th in pass rushing grade. They were not good at rushing the passer. That was not a strength of theirs. Yet they got four sacks in the first half versus Texas. Same thing with Tech. That is not a strength of their defense uh, in terms of rushing the passer, but they can present some problems that Texas has struggled with in the past. In pass protection. Yeah, and against Iowa State, it was some, some confusing coverages, I think. And uh, But that's why I yeah. give Sark and the staff. They made some adjustments. They also, on those four sacks, they got JT Sanders locked up on a defensive end a couple of times, which, you know, that didn't go well for JT uh, in pass pro. But uh, either way, uh, they, they sorted out, and those four sacks came early. And then, you know, when, when Quinn got hot uh, late, once they started dumping it down, and as you, you documented it, behind the burnt orange curtain, those dialed-up plays, those Sarks uh, using, them, using their tendencies against them helped create some explosive plays in the Longhorns went on to score 26 points and gosh had two two touchdowns called back and uh could have had a lot more but uh, that's where the Longhorns are and Texas Tech you know so they're six and five they, they're going to be bowl eligible for Joey McGuire um and I think he's done a real nice job Getting better, but though. uh you know I think even Joey McGuire would look at that and say yeah they they're thoroughly better than us at every position we're, and they're at home. They're going to have to play a hell of a game. And they got to roll the dice, right? They got to gamble a little gamble bit. A they got to break tendency. And that's why I don't think they're going to come in and run the ball 40 times. They got Baron Morton back. He's playing much better in November, completing over 71% of his passes in the month of November. The Bear Raid. Uh, exactly. Seven and a half yards per attempt. Um, they're throwing it a little bit more now in November, too. 31 attempts. I think in this game, it's clear that Texas has. Not issues, but they're susceptible and vulnerable via the pass defense, but not with their run defense. So I think they got to come in here and throw to open up the run. And I think they got to try to throw at Texas inside breaking routes, slants like Iowa State ran, right? Iowa State ran, I think, like close to 10 slants, completed a really high percentage of them. They're going to run a lot of slants. They're going to run a lot of bunch formation. Um, and I think they're going to come out and throw against Texas. And they have wide receivers that are athletic and twitchy. And that's been a problem for Texas against like teams like U of H, like Oklahoma, um, like TCU, because Miles Price, Jaron Bradley, they don't really have a a number one wide receiver. Like a, a Miles Price is the leading wide receiver, but I don't think he's an elite wide receiver by any stretch. But they got Miles Price, Jaron Bradley, Cody Eakin, Jordan Brown, Dre McCray, Xavier White. All these guys have at least 24 receptions. Uh, Miles Price the most with 43. They got a nice little competent, capable group of receivers that could give Texas problems on the outside if they go past first. All right, there you go. Behind the burnt orange curtain, Texas and Texas Tech, Friday, 630. Remember our pregame coverage Friday afternoon. We'll honor the seniors and get you ready for the Red Raiders and Longhorns coming your way 4 o'clock from the Mockingbird Saloon on Guadalupe. Right down there on the drag. Come and see us. Rod and I will be right over with the Horn crew. Uh, great way to tailgate and get ready for the final regular season home game of 2023. Coming back, we'll hit some uh, what the facts, including a preview of tomorrow's Turkey Day triple header, especially if you're from the gambling side of things. We'll have some fun with that. Also, the other facts of a Wednesday morning. And took them up with Ian Rodby. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, hook them up. 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Yeah, four-day weekend and holiday weekend begins tomorrow. This is our final show. That's a fact in our What the Fact segment, last morning show of the week. We will have our pregame show on Friday, Rod, Friday afternoon. But we will enjoy the next two mornings off. We'll have the uh, national stuff, CBS Sports Radio. Uh, but between now and our next Hook'em Up show on Monday, Rod, uh, good luck to the uh, area team still in the high school football playoffs, That's including right. number one Westlake. They oh, play yeah. Saturday. Nice. 
Now they're going to play the Laredo United and then a uh, bevy of games on Friday involving local teams. Good luck, too. Dripping Springs playing uh, San Antonio J, Liberty Hill. They're playing Flower Bluff, Cedar Park. They're playing A&M Consolidated in a big one. Wimberley, the Texans playing Ingleside, Lake Travis, the Cavaliers. Uh, they're going to play San Antonio Brennan coming up on Friday night. Uh, uh, how about Regents, Rod? Regents still going. They're playing second Baptist out of Houston. Okay. That should be good. We've nice. got uh, uh, Blanco. Blanco playing Goliath uh, in the state playoffs, which is pretty cool as well. And uh, I'd also say good luck to the Texas School for the Deaf. They're, they're hey. opponent, they haven't been announced yet, but they're playing. I like that. There you go, Rod. There's some it, facts. There's some games. High school football this time of year. What do high school coaches say? If you're, if you're practicing on Thanksgiving week, you're having a good season. You're having a great season. Uh, shout out to my uh, school, Houston Lamar. They're still, uh, nice. pra- still practicing. Around Thanksgiving. What's your mascot, Lamar? Well, Lamar? They're the Texans now. They used to be the racial slurs, but they had to change it because we're all more enlightened now. Hey, was, it the same, was it the same as the Washington football team? Yes, it was. Okay. That's what I was. I was a racial slur. <laughs> I was. Lamar, Lamar DB High. Yeah. You, Ty, what were you saying, bud? Westlake and Lake Travis will play next week if they both win. I uh, know. That's Ooh. the, yeah. Then they both were our heavy favorites here Let's this weekend. Let's get it. Uh-huh. Playing schools out, of, out of the lakes south. in the playoffs? Oh, oh that's fantastic. Well, the question is where it will be. Mm, yeah, because you're going to need a lot of capacity. You're going to need a lot of people. DKR, baby. Gotta, yeah, because everybody from the lakes are coming out, man, from so both. That'd be good. That'd be good. That's good stuff. All right, I got another fact. I got a fax for you for what the facts. Uh, Jalen Hurts, this guy's just a winner. He's just a winner. It, it don't always look pretty. And sometimes it doesn't always make sense. Uh, Jalen Hurts has won 13 consecutive games against teams with a winning record. The longest streak by any quarterback in NFL history. He's a winner. He passed Peyton Manning and Vinny Testaverde for the all-time mark. He also has won seven straight games when trailing by 10-plus points, the most by any quarterback uh, since 1991 when they first started keeping track of it. No other quarterback has more than four straight. Uh, he is, and, 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 he's a uh, and especially Longhorn and Cowboy fans don't like it because he was a Sooner and he's a plays for the Eagles. So, oh, man. Uh, but he's a baller. Speaking of NFL, Rod, if you're going to put a wager, because you know sometimes it's fun to have a little action on the Turkey Day oh. games because you're just sitting around watching football with the yeah. family. Uh, since 2005, NFL favorites on Turkey Day tie 38 and 34 and 18 against the spread. Ooh. 34 and 18. That's a big number. Uh, and that's since 2005. That's that's 18 years of, of triple headers. Uh, Lions play the Packers tomorrow. They're a seven-and-a-half-point favorite. That hook kind of scares you. The Cowboys are an 11-point favorite against the Commanders tomorrow afternoon. And the Niners are a favorite on the road in Seattle by nearly a touchdown, six-and-a-half points. But, again, since 05, favorites on Thanksgiving, 34-and-18 ATS. Now, to add to that, Rod. Wow. Because I would say take the favorites, but don't bet on the Cowboys. Don't bet on the Cowboys. You can bet to win, money line. But since 2011, Rod, the Cowboys are 1-11 ATS on Thanksgiving. 1-11 against the spread. Damn. And they're an 11-point favorite. Dak Prescott is 1-5 on Turkey Day ATS. Yeah, that's crazy. So think about that. You're, you're the numbers guy. Combine yeah. those two numbers. And they're actually usually one of the better teams at covering the spread. Not on Turkey Day. Not on Turkey Day, though. They'll, they'll win, but will they cover the 11 against the commander's team who laid down? And but got bad teams, though. That's the bad team uh, trend. But that's pretty that, amazing. You have a 65% favorite hit on Turkey Day, but the Cowboys are one in their last 11. So eliminate the Cowboys, and how wide is that? So take the other two favorites. Leave the Cowboys some, out. Something going on organizationally with the Cowboys when it comes to their Turkey Day But they win the games. They win the games, but they don't cover. 
Yeah, the, but the Cowboys have been covering against bad teams this year. And I said they usually are doing. They're usually a pretty good team when it comes to covering the spread. This year, for sure. Um, just when they basically when they play good teams, you don't pick them to cover. When they play bad teams, you pick them to cover. That's usually how it's worked out. But man, that's a that's a staggering stat. That slaps you in the face right there. Well, that just tells you if you're making a wager tomorrow, take the other two and leave the Cowboys out. Leave the Cowboys out of it, man. Statistically, in the last 18 years, your your odds are really good. Yeah, but right they're both fa- heavy favorites. The Niners and the Lions. That's crazy. You brought up uh, that stat about Joey McGuire in November. That yeah. He's like 6-1 and one in a month of number versus Big 12 opponents. 85% win percentage. From 2010 to 2021, Texas Tech's record versus Big 12 opponents in the month of November, 11-32. and 25% win percentage. And that, <laughs> was, that was Kingsbury and Coverville and all those dudes. <laughs> they got worse as the season Matt went Wells, on. yeah, and Joey McGuire's team's getting better. They are. Uh, Taj, Taj Brooks was actually the highest graded running back from week 12 uh, by Pro Football Focus. So he's playing well. Yeah, they're playing well. They're playing some of their best football of the season. Uh, we'll see if the, what the Longhorns got to say about that. Somebody also said Lexington in the high school playoffs playing Poth. Hey, Poth. good luck. Good luck to all the 13 area schools that are still playing here oh, on Turkey Day weekend. Uh, good stuff. And what the facts, we're coming back with the headlines. It took them up with Ian Rodby.